Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. God will bless you. So we're talking today about a vision for more. And the title of my message, if you need one, I'm going to give it to you right away. Usually I don't, but it says, Can You See It? The title of my message today, for those of you that are uh, concrete, sequential, that need those lists and those orders and those plans. And so here you go. Can you see it? I want to start first with a couple of funny jokes. A man walks into an eye clinic. He says, I think my vision is blurry and I may need glasses. The associate says, oh, you need glasses for sure. He's a little bit perplexed, and he says, how can you know without testing me? He says, because this is a bank, sir. <laughs> Here's a cheesy dad joke for you. Clark Kent never needed a babysitter because he had supervision. You get it? Clark Kent never needed a babysitter because he had supervision. All right, I know you love that one. Thanks for your groans this morning. I appreciate it. All right, here's one more. Once there was a very wealthy man who was suffering from severe eye pain. He consulted many doctors and tried their treatments, but nothing helped. Even after consuming so many drugs to treat his eye, he still suffered from pain, and that pain in his eye persisted more than before. At last, he heard about a monk who was famous for being an expert in treating such problems. He went to him and told him about his problem. Monk understood his problem and said, you should concentrate only on green colors and try not to let your eyes fall on any other color. The man found this kind of prescription strange, but he was desperate to find a cure and he decided to try it. So the wealthy man called for a group of painters and purchased loads of green paint and directed that every object his eye was likely to fall on to be painted green, just as the monk had directed. Just in a few days, everything around that man was green. The wealthy man made sure that nothing around would be any other color. After some days, the monk came to visit this wealthy man, and the millionaire servant ran um, with a bucket of green paint and poured it over top of him. The monk asked the servants, he said, why are you doing this? And the servant replied, you are wearing red, and we can't let our master see any other color than green. Hearing this, the monk laughed and said, if only... You had just purchased a pair of green-colored glasses for him to wear, worth just a few dollars. You could have saved all these walls, the articles, the fancy paintings. Also, you'd be able to save a large amount of his fortune. Fortune. You cannot paint the world green. And so the, the moral of the story is, is that we have to sometimes change our vision to what we want to see. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, is we're going to talk about the idea that our vision needs to be bigger than what we've seen in the past. As we think about 2024, and as we think about moving forward into the future, we say, hey, you know what? Let's stretch what we've done in the years before. I'm, I'm going to do that today. If that's okay, I'm going to give you that warning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch you a little bit. First, I'm going to show you how, what the Bible says about it, and then I'm going to encourage you and challenge you on it, and then I want you to take it and go forth from here, because how many want more for 2024? Amen. Sometimes it's a little bit scary to think about, well, I'm in my good little spot. I've done this for X number of years now, and it works well for me. I've done this, and it works fine, and doesn't need to be fixed. The problem isn't broken, so why fix it? Maybe you're thinking this morning. But I, I challenge you, and I encourage you that we think about, when we think about our vision, we think about our vision is in front of us, isn't it? God didn't make us like a chameleon where we have eyes on the side of our head. You know, if you're a mom, you do have eyes in the back of your head. But a lot of us have some peripheral vision and some different things like that where we can see some around us, but our eyes are made to focus forward, aren't they? God made us that way. So as in our vision and what we're looking at, we're looking forward. But a lot of times in life, if you're like me, you get to be looking kind of like this. And you're not really paying attention up there. You know, when I was young, my dad was teaching me. We were hunting in the field, and, and I was really worried about stepping on rocks or different things like that. But he said, hey, you know, when you're hunting, you've got to look up. You're looking up. You want to see the animals. You want to see the deer. You want to see the elk before they see you, right? So a lot of times when you're hunting, sometimes maybe you're, you know, you're walking like this. You're looking forward. You're looking all over. 
right? And so our vision is in front of us and it's before us. And so my goal today and what I, I want to challenge you to do is that our vision, you know, that's with our natural eyes, but what about our spiritual eyes? What do we see in our spirit? You know, a lot of times God gives us this natural or we call the flesh or this body, which is what we're super familiar with, that relates to our spirit. You know, our spirit is shaped like our body, right? When our, this body dies, the Bible says that we are a spirit. We have a soul, which is made up of our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body, right? And so a lot of times what we're doing is we're in our soul. We're saying, hey, I feel this way, or man, this really made me mad right here, or something like that. A lot of times we're in our soul, but our soul doesn't carry on to heaven when we leave this body this earth suit behind we take our spirit man with us and that's where we go to heaven is our spirit man and so our spirit man looks like our body right and so we are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body and so a lot of times your spirit man and what you see by the spirit or when you walk with christ resembles what you do in your physical body and so it's important that you say, hey, man, this new year, maybe I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm setting a new year's resolution. I'm losing 15 pounds this year, right? The first of the year, it's a good time. I probably would have a lot of winners if I, you know, said that, right? Or a new year's resolution. Hey, this is my goal this year. I'm starting it off fresh. This is something that I'm doing new. Well, you know, it's the same way. What are you doing new on the spiritual side? What are you doing new? Because let's think about this for a minute. Nobody has defied death except one, right? Not to sound insincere or, or uncaring, but all men have a time to die. We all only have a certain life here on this earth. And it, if you know Christ, you shouldn't be scared of that, right? You shouldn't be scared of that. You shouldn't be worried about that. You should say, hey, man, I've got a race to run, and I'm going to fill every one of those days with as much as I can in each one of those days because God's put me here for a reason and a time. And we all have been given the same 24 hours a day in order to be able to use this to affect others around us. Man. Amen. And so when we think about heaven, when we think about eternity, and we think about the spiritual perspective, we've got to say, man, what are, as the Bible talks about, the gold, the silver, and the precious stones? Those are metaphors, by the way, meaning the things that really matter in life versus the wood, hay, and the stubble that gets burned up and thrown away what are the things that really matter in your life and so what do we do when we have vision we look forward did you know the ceos of companies jeff bezos musk and you know all the other ones whether you like them or not we're not getting into that but the point is is they've built billion trillion dollar companies and what do they do they keep inventing they keep looking forward they keep saying hey what is the vision what are people going to be doing 10 years from now they're going to have this thing called an iphone all right, you should have smiled at that. Ten years ago, 20 years ago, right, they figured it out. They said, hey, and look what happens, right? And so they're looking forward. Did you realize they spend billions of dollars on their budget every year in research and development to try new things and to fail and to spend more money and to try new things and to fail? And some companies even take a loss because of the fact of so much money they're looking forward, but they just hit that one thing or that one new product or that whatever it is, and they say, wow, man, this... Look at this. Here it is. And people start going on. I was just reading the other day. Oh, this is a good one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I need to borrow this for a second. Is this a Stanley? I don't need that. Has anybody got a Stanley in here? Anybody got a Stanley? All right. Thank you very much. Okay. I was just reading the other day. And <laughs> has anybody been um, surprised by this trend as much as I have? Anyway. Stanley is a place where I used to buy like these old like cheap grandpa tools yeah. right and say hey this is not like the top of the line snap-ons or whatever but there's Stanley tools and Walmart sells them and they'll work for a while right Stanley it's since 1913 this company's over 100 years old in three years ago the company was worth 75 million today anybody want to guess 10 times that. $750 million because of a social media trend and said, hey, let's make some cool colors so women just can't resist. <laughs> Can anybody get the Cupid color from Target? 
Anybody read about that? It's like if you got one of those and you sold it again, it's like $200 on eBay right now. So the Bible does not say buy a Stanley, but that seems to be the current trend. Anyway, let's move on. So today we are talking about a vision for more. Can you see it? Please turn if you're in your Bibles, if you would, please, to Proverbs 29, 18. And we're going to just take three simple points today. My goal is to not talk too long. I want to just honor your time today, but give you a lot to chew on as you go forth this year and in this week. So vision is forward thinking. The CEOs of great companies spend most of their time thinking forward. They think, hey, what is coming up? Not what is right in front of me. What is down the road? What is coming down later in this year? What's coming down two, three, four years from now? We want to know, hey, what is happening and taking place? Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish, but blessed are those who heed wisdom's restraint. Point number one today, for those of you that are taking notes, says truth from God's way will help you see clearly. Truth from God's way is going to help you see clearly. When you realize that Proverbs 29:18 talks about this and it says, hey, you know what? Man, God, I want your way. I'm going to be blessed because of your way. We realize that it really is the truth. And so um, I really love what the message translation says. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. I'm not asking you to volunteer today, but have you ever stumbled over yourself before? I think if we're honest, all of us have multiple times, right? What does that look like? A lot of times it might look like, hey, I got this. I know how to do it. I can figure it out. Here, here, let me in. I got it. I can figure it out. And then after a little bit, we use a slice of humble pie and, oh, well, okay, I'm going to back out of this slowly. I realize I may not know it. I may not understand it just like that. I, I, I don't want to stumble all over myself. Or maybe you're in a spot. That in your walk with God and in your walk, you said, hey, you know what, God, I don't, I don't need you for now. I got this. I, I'm fine. I, I'm making plenty of money. My family's good. Every, all, all the cars are working in a good order. I'm, I'm paying my house payments. Everything is totally fine, and I can figure this out. And then something happens, right? God does not promise us a life of perfection. Our flesh or our body or our, our soul does not like that, Right? You say, gosh, can you just make me a princess or a queen? Can I have everything? Will you just please bring me whatever I, my thought is and so I never have to work again a day in my life? If we're honest, that's how lazy our flesh is or our soul is. We say, hey, I just want it all done for me. I just, yeah, I don't want to do nothing. But we realize and we understand that when we trust, we got to trust God in life in order to be successful right? In order to move forward, we have to trust God in the good times and in the bad times and say, God, you know what? I know you're always there. I know my circumstances might change. My life may change. I maybe have hills or valleys, but God, I know that you're always there with me and that you're always calling me up higher in him. So again, if people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Again, our point is truth from God's way will help us to see clearly. So the easiest way to see clearly or to succeed is to see what God is doing. To see what God is doing. Hey, what is God doing? What is God doing? If I ask you that question, what is God doing in your life in 2024? You know, there's no time with God. We look at it as a year just because that's what our calendar says and we buy a new one. But really, we're still rotating around this sun at the same speed. We're still doing the same orbit. We're still in this solar system doing the same thing. With God, there's no time. But for us, it's like a, it's this big reset. So have you, have you spent time in prayer? Have you spent time looking in God's word? Have you said, hey, God, what does your word apply to me? How am I going to apply this in my life this year? So that's my, one of my challenges among many to you today is, is that if you haven't looked forward if you've just moved on into this new year and said well i'm just gonna keep stepping and hope for the best there's nothing wrong with that stepping forward is better than stepping backwards that's good we all got to keep moving forward but can you say hey you know what i'm gonna set my face something bigger i'm gonna set my base face something stronger and i'm gonna take big steps right i'm gonna take big steps and again i'm talking in metaphors today a little bit i'm not just talking about just overall in life, when you're hiking down a trail, I'm talking about in your walk with God. I'm talking about in your walk with family. 
talking about in your in your life with him are you doing the things that matter are you taking those big steps are you saying hey god what is your way for my life because as this verse says when you are trying to if you can't see what god's doing you're going to stumble and fall we don't want to stumble and fall it puts us back we're not going to win the race that god has set before us so we're looking to say hey god what is your plan and so I, again, I want to admonish you and, and again, um, encourage you and say, hey, you're here at church. You're saying, hey, I want to know, God, what is your plan? And so that is our goal as a, as a team, as a church this year is say, hey, when we start out this series in a vision for more, we're saying, hey, we want to help you with that. We want you to come along on this journey with us. Trust and know that us as the pastoral staff are also on that journey and saying, hey, God, we're not just content with being stagnant. We're not content with just staying here. We're not okay with just, oh, status quo, same old, same old. No, we're going to grow. Is it going to be hard and challenging? Yeah. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it because we want a life that we're giving. We want a life that we're sowing. We want a life that we're moving forward and taking big steps for him. Amen. So we got to see what God says and what God shows us. When there is no vision, you perish. We don't want you to perish. We don't want you to stumble. We want you to have a clear vision for your life. So spend some time in prayer. What does that look like for you in your life? What does that look like? Hey, do you know? You say, man, maybe God, I haven't heard from you in a while. That's okay. He'll work with you where you're at. The Bible says when you call on him, he will answer. The Bible says when you seek me, you will find me. And so God has to honor his word. He has to honor his word. He cut covenant with himself because there was nothing greater. The word of God stands the test of time. 66 books, 40 authors, 1,500 years, and not one contradictory statement. The word of God should be our truth line, our guidance, and say, hey, this is historically accurate. This is chronologically accurate. This is prophetically accurate. I have nothing better than to trust in the faith in this of what God gave me. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Great leaders are always thinking forward or ahead of where they currently are. There was a guy that I worked with um, several years ago when I worked at the uranium mine out in Sweetwater County um, when they were starting up. Um, it was um, ISR mining, so it was through water wells and different things like that. It wasn't like the old school hard rock mining like you think of. Anyway, when I was working out there for a while, there was this guy that was a plant operator that was out there. He was a younger kid, um, but everybody really trusted him. They really liked him. They thought, man, this kid really knows his stuff. And for a while, I believed it too. But after a little bit, I started to realize, man, this guy actually doesn't know what he's talking about. Have you ever <laughs> met anybody like that before? But here's the kicker and the crazy thing, and I've not really met anybody like this since in this, to this degree, is that he was very confident, but he was wrong, right? Most of the time when you're confident, you're like, hey, that confidence comes from being right. Well, this guy wasn't right. He was confident, but he was wrong. And so a lot of people believed him in that, and, and, and people followed after what he said. And so after a while, I realized, hey, um, no, when we're running the plant here in some of these processes, there's bad things that are just about to happen. And so I spoke up because I said, hey, no, actually this is, and I tried to prove it right. And for a while, people didn't believe me. And so I just backed off on it. But it, I realized, and then finally he moved on and other things like that and, and left and which was fine. But I just was really amazed to think, man, here's a guy who saw things so clearly and thought he was confident but yet he was a little bit off on that. And so point number two that I want to give you today is the best place to get wisdom is God's word. The best place to get wisdom is God's word. You know, there's people out there that say, hey, have you ever been to somebody's house before and you go in their house and all they have is, is CNN that's blaring 24 hours a day? Or maybe you work at a place where um, there's constant news on of, of something. Um, so what is what is coming on? Where are you getting your news from? Maybe it's your social media feed. Maybe, um, you know, uh, I can't name them. There's too many. Is it from your friends? Is it from a trusted person that tells you, hey, oh, this is going to happen. Watch out. The world's coming to an end. You better buy lots of food. Okay, yeah, I will. You bet. Is it from the news? And they say, 
buy more guns. And most of the people in here say, I don't need anybody to tell me that. I'll just buy more guns anyway. <laughs> what is it? Where do you get your news from? Where do you get what you trust from? You know, I, I, again, I, I really want to encourage you today that if the Bible is not fresh to you, if the Bible is not new to you, if it feels like a book that is, it was on my grandma's shelf and it has lots of dust, and that's okay to be honest about that, yeah. right? I acknowledge that, that there may be some of you in here that feel that, okay, fair enough. The language is hard. I don't get it. It doesn't relate to me. There's nothing in there that relates to my current life and situation. Well, maybe that's the way you feel, but that's not necessarily true. When we realize that the Bible was written lots of years ago, they had a different culture. They did things differently back then, but the principles of God's word are still the same. The Bible says that the Old Testament was written for our example. I love reading Old Testament stories because I know I'm not as dumb, dumb as I think I am, right? There was other dumb, dumb guys in the Old Testament, too, that did dumb things, right? But guess what? God still saved them. God still used them. God still moved in a mighty way in their lives. And then we come to the life of Jesus, and we see the miracles, and we see the heart of, the, of, of Jesus for us. And we see, again, dumb, dumbs like Peter and John coming in and Jesus still loved him he still taught him he still helped him when they asked obvious silly questions he still helped him right and so we move on further and we look at Acts and we see what the church did as they went forth Jesus um, died and ascended and rose to heaven and then the day of Pentecost uh, the Holy Spirit came in the upper room and is still here with us today helping us as believers the, the power to be able to live for him in an awesome way and then Paul's revelation through the epistles of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and others, and realizing, hey, you don't have to live in this old religious box because Jesus has now brought freedom for you. And we call that big word righteousness, which is simply saying, God, I submit to you. I humble myself before you. I lay down everything that I want in exchange for you. And yet we know that he promises far greater. Amen? So point number two. I was going to do a scripture, and I didn't get there. Jeremiah 23, 16. The best place to get wisdom is God's word. Jeremiah 23, 16 says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not the mouth of the Lord. As we were saying before, where do you get your wisdom? Where do you get the vision from in your life? Is it just... What your friends say? Is it your social media feed? Is it about what's going on? Is it the newspaper? Uh, is it the news? What, like, what is it? Like, where does that come from? So when, it, when this was being spoken here, it says, hearken not to the words of the prophets. Most of the time, this is the opposite. You say, hey, I'm supposed to listen to what the prophet said in the Old Testament, right? Because these prophets were not following after God in that day. And so it said, they speak a vision of their own heart, not out of the mouth of the Lord. It's very, very, very important that we're not just being moved by how we feel. Come on, that was better than what you were thinking this morning. It's very important that we're not moved by how we feel. Because that's not what this says. It says, well, if you wake up one day and you feel lazy then that's okay just go ahead and go for it we know we have all of you in here are adults you have life experience of years hey i gotta show up i gotta go to my job if not i'm gonna get fired right we know and realize that there's lots of days that you don't feel like that but you you got bills to pay and family to feed and everything like that you know hey that's what i gotta do unless you got a different option and so we think about this and it says hey they these prophets speak a vision from their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. So as you're thinking about your vision for the year, as you're thinking about your vision moving forward, make sure that it's from the mouth of the Lord. Make sure that it's from God's, God's wisdom, God's direction. And where do you find that? How do you find that? You say, okay, um, I didn't even bring my Bible because I got it. Can I borrow yours for a second? Is stuff going to fall out? Maybe. Okay. So if you take your Bible and maybe you're a Bible reader and you say, hey, I'm this kind of Bible reader. I'll close my eyes. 
going to open my Bible and point. Oh, that's a blank spot. Man, maybe God, I'm not listening to you. Let me try again. <laughs> Flip a few pages, open my hand and point. Oh, okay. There we go. Habakkuk 3.9, right? God will speak to, speak through his word, however, but you got to be able to, to say, hey, okay, God, how do I dig into your word? And this is where coming to church, this is where Bible studies, this is where studying the word of God. Say, hey, how can I get into the word of God more? Well, let's talk about it in practical terms. You can always read Proverbs. You know, the Proverbs is so cool because there's 31 Proverbs and there's generally 31 days in the month. So you say today is December 7th, so I'm going to read Proverbs 7 today. That's a great place to start. Proverbs talks a lot about what's wise and what's a fool. And um, it sounds, Kendra and I were just talking about this the other day. It sounds harsh to say, hey, what is a fool? But that's what the Bible says. The opposite of wisdom or not applying your wisdom is a fool. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be wise in your dealings. Amen? And so um, Proverbs talks about that. You can always read Proverbs. You can read the nature of Jesus by reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, you know, if you haven't seen The Chosen, that's a great place to also pair it up with and see how, I mean, it's a representation. It's maybe not exact, but they've done really, worked really hard to try to understand and present Jesus' ministry here on this earth. Anyway, let's stay on track. 23.16, this is what God says. Do not listen to what the false prophets are saying. They speak vision from their own minds, not the mouth of the Lord. So what truths are you allowing in your life? What truths are you allowing in your life? Are you letting your physical body determine all of your future? Maybe you say, hey, man, my vision is this, but I don't feel like my financial situation is going to let me do that. Okay. Let's talk for just a minute about faith, shall we? This is Word of Faith Family Church. What is, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another way to say it is, faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A third way to describe it is, faith is the title deed. If you've got a title, by law, it says you own it. You may not have it parked in your driveway, but you own it, right? So if it's in your name, it says that you own it, right? And so faith is the title deed. Faith says, I, I, I'm jumping from this current place, and I'm seeing the future forward, and I'm saying, God, I see your promise in your word that you says that you shall prosper me, whatever it is, the promise of God. I see in your word that you say that by your stripes, I am walking in healing and health and wholeness in my body. I'll be honest, I don't see it right now, but that's not, that's not what my faith says. My faith says that God has promised it to me, and so that's what I'm going to grab a hold of. And I'm, my eyes of my spirit man of faith are seeing the future. Does that make sense this morning? My eyes of faith are seeing the future. They're not seeing here and present and now. My eyes of faith are seeing the future because... I'm not just making something up and say, well, um, God, I'm going to believe for a $300 million yacht by next month, and I expect that to happen. Well, if your faith is there, then that's great, but mine isn't yet, right? So where is your faith? What can you wrap your faith around? What is your promise of God? What is your promise from Him? And then you begin declaring it, and you say, hey, God, I realize that my body is not lining up with the Word of God, so body, I'm saying you line up with the Word of God. I'm walking in health and wholeness in this body. I need to run this race. I need to do this. And so I'm stepping out in faith and I'm declaring, maybe it's your knee. Knee, you line up with the word of God. My knee is healthy and whole and strong with no problems or no complications. Maybe you've been fighting a sickness in your body for a long time. Maybe it's in your lungs. You say, lungs, be healed and whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. By the stripes that Jesus bore on his back of Calvary that was enough for me, I am healed and whole. God, your promise is to me, and I'm declaring it. I'm saying, hey, I'm stepping out in faith, and I'm grabbing hold of it. Even though I don't see it with my natural eyes, my faith says, hey, I see what's coming up. And that faith is more real to me than anything that may be with my soul, maybe with my emotions, maybe with my natural eyes. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the confidence 
of things that we hope for that God has promised to us and the assurance about what we don't see yet, but it means it's come to pass. So, the best place to get wisdom is God's word. It's vital that you let your spiritual eyes help you to see the future. As a matter of fact, earlier in this year, um, just, I guess it was last week before, um, when Christmas break was just about done, Kinder and I went out to breakfast and I said, hey, let's set some goals for 2024. And so, um, just to be like TBA true honest here, I don't, I don't normally text that I'm old, but I say it to some of my kids and they understand, to be honest. Or like we don't really set that many goals in our life. A lot of times we're just, hey, let's move forward. Hey, this is our general goal. This is our general plan. We know we got to do this. You know, we, we birthed some kids, so we might as well raise them kind of thing. You know, it's just this idea of saying, hey, we just got to move forward. I got to pay the house payment. Come on, I'll just try to make you laugh today. <laughs> anyway, and so you just move forward. But we said, hey, we're going to try to set some goals. And so we went out for breakfast and I said, OK, I said, Kendra, we're going to try to set some goals. She's like, uh, OK. And she, she really is doing the best and trying along with me. And we said, hey, let's kind of break this out. Let's think about. Um, spiritual goals in our life of where we want to be. You know, what is, what is a new goal that we're shooting for? What about um, physical goals, right? What about family goals? What about financial goals? All of those different things and thinking about, hey, what is our vision moving forward? You know, you've, I'm sure you've heard it said, it's better to aim for the moon and hit the top of the trees than to shoot for nothing and hit it every time right? And so it's really important that we say, hey, God, I'm going to set a goal, but not just setting that goal just because it's the new year. I'm setting that goal because I'm saying, hey, God, I'm coupling my faith with that goal. And I'm saying, hey, God, you and me, we can do this, right? You and me, we can do this. God, what is your kingdom plan for me this year? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to, to fulfill? Maybe for a lot of you, maybe it's really investing into your families. You know, we got a lot of great moms that are in here today. And I, I've known lots of moms through the years that say, hey, one of my main calls is to raise my family in such a way that they're honoring God, that they're loving God, that they're serving God. And the dads are like, huh? No, I'm just teasing. Anyway, but the, the moms are like, hey, I really got to make sure that my kids are on track with what they're supposed to be doing. Spoken from a true dad. I, I have experience in that area, by the way. Um, just trying to make you laugh again, okay? So, so we were setting our goals, and we said, hey, what are we doing? And it was, it was hard. It was challenging. It was tough to think big. And there was some goals that Kendra had, and I said, ooh, that feels big to me. You know, I, she, she was kind of challenging some of the things that I had, and I don't know if I really challenged her or not, but because she's got big, she's a dreamer. Like, I'm just, sometimes I'm a realist, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about the practical steps of this. And she's like, no, we'll just do it. And have, it'll be great. Who cares about the details, right? <laughs> and so, like, there was some things that really challenged me on that. I said, okay, I may need a minute, but I'm going to wrap my faith around. I'm going to hook up with you. We're going to do it together right? And so what goals do you have for the year? And it's not just a self-help. Uh, you can do it in personal. Hey, God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to walk in health because guess what? He's required us to, this is our earth suit, this body that we live in. We're required to take good care of it because if not, our spirit can't live here and we can't do the work that God's called us to do, right? So we've got to be wise about taking care of that, taking care of our bodies. The Bible talks about that. We've got to be wise about taking care of what God given us, has given us financially. If we're not given, if we're not tithing, if we're not being obedient to use the money that he's given to us, there's no seed in the ground to get more. It's a, another message for those that have been around a while. We've heard pastor talk a lot about seed time and harvest. You, you sow and then you reap, right? You've got to put the seed in the ground to get the harvest. So maybe that's something that's in your life. Um, other areas, whatever it may look like for you and your family. So we were, the point number three, I don't think I said it yet. We must think bigger. We must think bigger. We've got to think bigger. Got to think bigger. Isaiah 54, chapter, or verse, chapter 54, verse 2. Let's read 2 through 5 today. Isaiah 54, 2 through 5. And the context here was this. This is the Old Testament the prophet Isaiah, he's talking to the Jewish people or the nation of Israel after their Babylonian captivity. In other words, they've been slaves for a long time, okay? And so they're, they're very constrained in their mindset. They haven't had much freedoms. They're, they're very 
um, closed in, if you will. Okay? So Isaiah 54, 2 through 5. So he says this to them. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Amen. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, and it's talking about the Lord of hosts is his name, or God. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Let's go back to, to verse 2. That's, that's my favorite one here. It says, enlarge the places of your tent, right? I've loved this scripture so much, and I just, I want to bring it to you again. So we got to think bigger, right? I'm talking about thinking bigger, enlarging the place of our tent, enlarging the place of your tent. What have you thought, if I told you right now, and if I challenge you a little bit, I said, I want you to, to take you to the edge of what you think is possible. Go ahead and take just a minute in your thoughts. What would that look like for you? Some of you may be an analyst in here. Some of you may go right to financial. Some of you may go to your family. Some of you may go to a raise at your job. Hopefully, I mean, if you're more spiritual than me, maybe you go right to the Bible. You're more mature than I am. That's a joke again. But um, like, what are you thinking of when I, when I challenge you to take you to the edge? What challenges you? What makes you feel uncomfortable? Because that's what really this is about. When you're building something and when you're creating something and when you are, are making this more than you ever have before, you've got to cut a new trail. You've got to cut a new path. When you've never been there before, there's no trail. There's no path. You got to be a trailblazer. You think about Lewis and Clark coming out west. There was no trails. They had to build them. They had to establish them. It was the native trails and different things like that, but they had to make the roads and the paths. What paths are there for you that you got to make something bigger? Enlarge the place of your tent. Well, can we talk practical for a minute? That's going to be a lot of work. You're going to start having to sew. You're going to have to make the fabric or buy the fabric. You've got to invest some of your money. You've got to invest your time. This is going to be a project. Anybody ever had a, a home renovation or a house building project? It seems that I'm constantly in one by my own choosing. It's a lot of work, isn't it? I've heard people say before, if they build a new house, they say, hey, man, if our marriage can make it this far, we can make it past anything, right? If you're building a new house or something like that. It's a lot of work. It can be stressful. It can take a lot of your resources. It can test your patience. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. So what are you doing when you're enlarging the place? You're making room for more. You're making room for more. Ayla, when you were making room for more, you, did you have a nesting phase for Riker to come? Oh, yeah. Cleaning up stuff, finding a place, making sure everything's ready to go, throwing out junk, getting things ready to go for the new baby. In a way, you are enlarging the place of your tent because, hey, I'm not letting this baby come to the world without having everything that he needs. I want to make sure that he is well provided for. It's the same way in our life when we say, hey, okay, my vision now, I need to provide for my vision. I've got to take the steps for my vision to be able to enlarge and get bigger. I've got to be able to make myself feel a little bit uncomfortable. I've got to do the work that it's going to take to be able to stretch myself more. And if we're honest, we know that all of us can agree that that is true. The, what it's worth at the end is far greater than the work that it's at the beginning. You know, when we built a house several years ago, we said, hey, you know what? We're going to build a house. And after like four or five months of working every weekend till 11 o'clock at night and every night, this is before we had kids, when we finally moved in that night, 
I thought it was a dream. I was like, this is just this project that I've been working on forever. Has that ever happened to anybody else? You feel like you got this remodel project and it doesn't even feel real. And then you finally actually like, wait, it's done? Huh? Maybe that's just me. But it's like you got to put in the work. You got to lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. So the point number three is that we must think bigger. Take you to the edge of what feels impossible. What feels impossible to you? Can you wrap your faith around that? Can you say, hey, okay, God, I'm going to do more than what you call for me this year. Maybe Bible reading has been a struggle. Okay, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable a little bit here, and I'm going to get up five minutes earlier. I'm going to stop doing this so that I can do this. I'm going to spend more of a moment in prayer because I'm going to delete social media or whatever it is. What does it look like for you? That you're going to say, hey, I'm going to purposely make myself uncomfortable because I know this is what my spirit man needs. Told you I was going to stretch you a little bit. Everybody's still okay this morning? All right. First of the year. So our faith always requires us to step out. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I always like to flip it around and say, um, in order to please God, you have to be in faith. To me, that feels a little bit more... I can wrap my head around it. In order to please God, you have to have faith. Faith is active. Faith is not passive. Faith says, I'm believing for this. So if I come up to Annie right now and I ask her and I say, Annie, what are you in faith for? Like, you could tell me if you want. Sure, go for it. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. So her faith is very clear, isn't it? Her faith is very decided. If I ask you and I said, what is your faith today? Can you answer that question just as quick as she did? If not, that's okay. But this is a challenge for you today to go home. That's your homework. That's your time with God. That you're saying, okay, God, what do you want me to believe you for? He'll help you. He'll show you. You know, we've heard the story about pastor when he was first starting out. He said, I don't know how to do this, but God, I'm going to try. He looked around his house and he said, what do I need? He realized that he was short a pair of socks and he needed some more toothpaste. So he believed God for a tube of toothpaste and a pair of socks. I could tell you lots of stories today. I don't want to keep you. But where is your faith? What can you wrap your faith around? You may not be able to believe for a $300 million yacht tomorrow, but you could believe for a tube of toothpaste and a pair of socks. What feels like, hey, I'm stretching myself just a little bit, but God, I can see you coming through in that way. I'm stretching it. I'm stepping out. Oh, that's a big stretch. But God, I can see you coming through because I know your nature. I know you're good. I know you want the best for me. Amen? Amen. All right, so Ephesians 3, 21, um, 3, 20 and 21 says that... Um, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we think, ask, or imagine. I love doing this. I love taking you and saying, hey, what's the biggest thing that you can think of? And then now let's think about this. God is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above what we think. Come on, somebody. We serve a big God. We serve a God who loves us. We serve a God who has good plans for us. We serve a God who wants to call us up higher, who wants us to have a vision for more, who says, hey, you know what? Here is his vision for us right here. Here is his vision, and he says, he's able to blow the socks off of anything we can even think, ask, or imagine. All you got to do is get in line with him and say, okay, God, I don't have to figure this out. I don't have to comprehend it. I don't have to, f- to find the end game. All I got to do is trust you. All I got to do is trust. You said it in your word. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Guys, we are not powerless, the one that has no hope. We have hope in him. We have a future in him. We have everything that we need in him. Amen. So good. So good. And so if you're not there yet, if you're saying, if you're having a hard time believing me this morning, say, man, you're a pastor, that's your job, I'm going to leave here. I don't know, maybe that's you, but that's not me. Okay, God will meet you where we're at, where you're at. We prayed this morning, and when I, when I was praying, I specifically realized that each of us are at different levels in our walk with Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. But here's the even cooler thing, is that the Holy Spirit knows exactly where each one of us are at. 
The Bible says that God's Spirit can divide between what we think and what our intents are. Sometimes we can't even do that. So He knows our thoughts. He's there with us all the time. So, as, as, we, as we wrap this up here, think about three levels in your life of more blank. I was going to have a graphic, but I didn't have it. Sorry. More blank. What does that look like for you? What is your blank in your personal life? Is it more hope? Maybe you've struggled with depression. Maybe you've struggled with things in your life of saying, hey, gosh, I just don't have enough hope. I just feel like I, I just go to this doctor and this doctor and this doctor and I just want to feel better. Hey, God, here's your heart. He understands. He knows. But He is the hope giver. He is the one that gives us everything that we need. The, uh, the Bible is the hope of we have a hope and a future in Him. Maybe for you in your life, it's revelation, more revelation. Maybe you said, hey, man, this gospel thing, this Bible thing, this church thing, I've seen some of it. I know a little bit about it because what my grandma took me or, you know, I've never been to a church like this before. Or, you know, what is it in your life? More revelation or, or more seeing what God wants for your life. Because I'm going to tell you, it's good. Like I said before, God doesn't promise you a life, as Pastor would say, through walking through flowery beds of ease, but He does say that He'll always be with us, that He never leaves us, and He never forsakes us. And that's so comforting, that's so encouraging, that's so, so good. Okay, maybe it's more direction in your life that goes along with revelation. Maybe it's more purpose. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm stuck just going through the motions. Maybe for you, it's more purpose. Level two, in your family. Maybe you, there's healing that needs to happen in your family. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's a rift in your family. Maybe you feel like your last name is Hatfield and there is McCoy. Whatever it is in your family and in your life, what is it? What do you believe in God for? You want more restoration in your family. What is it that you need? Maybe you want more um, forgiveness, more healing, emotional or physical. Fill in the blank. More what? And then lastly, in the lives of others, and this is where Christ has asked us to go, more what? And my faith is more salvation in this church and from these, the people in this church and this community than ever before. I desire to see more people coming to Christ, more people living for Christ, more people understanding the revelation of who God is in them that you just can't hold it in. Amen? That you just can't hold it in, that you just got to say, man, I just want more of God's, um, God's revelation in those around me. I desire to see others around me step up higher in Him. Or maybe even you're saying, hey, this person really needs an account encounter or an experience with God. God, I'm praying that you're just touching this person or leading labors across their paths. They've lived 30 years as an atheist or something. I don't know. But God, I'm not letting up on them. I'm believing for their salvation. I'm believing that they're going to come to see you. I'm believing that somebody somewhere is going to come in and change their life forever. That God, you're going to speak to their heart, whether it's in the middle of the night, whether it's walking down the street, maybe it's somebody that they're working with, whatever it is, God, I'm not letting hold of them. And I'm, I'm saying I see them by faith serving you. Again, that's what matters. That's what matters. That's what matters. So as we close, as we wrap up here today, what areas in your life do you need to think bigger? Have you limited God because of your beliefs? Are you willing to step out of what feels comfortable? Or do you just want to keep things the same as they've always been? Let's stand for me, if you would, please, today, as we wrap this up, as we get ready to close. What are those things in your life that you say, hey, I'm going to challenge? So I, I, my challenge, again, as a final leaving today, the Bible says that we are not just hearers, but that He requires us to be doers. The hearing is easy. The doing is the hard. Are you going to do the work to enlarge the place of your tent in your life? 
Are you going to do the work to say, hey, I'm preparing for more. I'm preparing for growth. I'm preparing for more in my family and in my life and in my, my finances, in my walk with you, in every part of it. God, I desire to be a more whole person so that I can give to others because that's really what you said, that it's better to give than it's better to receive. We're going to be talking about this more. We're going to be challenging those the next few weeks as we talk about a vision for more. We're going to be thinking about more. We're going to be expecting more. So I want you to be praying about that this week and say, hey, God, what is it that I can believe you for? What can you wrap your faith around? What can you say, God, I just want more of this in my life, and I'm expecting to see it. And then you write it down. I didn't even take you there today, but Habakkuk says, write the vision, make it plain, that he may run that reads it. Right? So write that down. Make it plain. The other day when we were at, on our, setting our goals, we wrote it down, made a note of it. Hey, we're writing this down. We're keeping it in front of us. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you would, please. If there's anybody in here that you've heard this message today and you say, man, that salvation, I don't know what that is. The Bi it's very simple. The Bible just says this. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus came and died for you, that he saved you from hell... You can be saved. In other words, you can have the hope of heaven. It's not a religious thing. It's not something that says, hey, you got to do this to join the church. It's simply a matter of, hey, Jesus is extending his hand to you and desiring a relationship with you. And so if there's anybody in here today, um, I encourage you, I challenge you to, to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray it together in just a minute. And we're going to ask God to come into our hearts. If you've never done that, hey, here's a great opportunity. You don't have to do it in church. You can do it anytime on your own. So let's just pray it real simply. Dear, dear God, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse all my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's something as simple as that. It's all you got to do. And, and you know somebody around, you can take that message and share it forth. Let's end with a confession today. Let's say this. Um, repeat this after me. God, or Lord, forgive me for not seeing my life or my future the way that you do. Help me to see your truth. I know that your word is the best place for wisdom and for news in my life. I desire to think larger than ever before in order to walk in what you have promised to me. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you so much for each one of these people that are here today. Lord, I'm excited that you're growing our vision, that you're making it bigger. Father God, that we may run that read it. Lord, as everybody goes this week, Lord, I just ask that your presence be in their lives, that they sense and that they know, hey, God has a plan for my life. And God, speak to us. Help us to enlarge the place of our tent. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You are dismissed. Have an awesome, awesome day. Praise God. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.